Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Beyond unfiltered on a, a day on the uh, the eve of, I guess, groundbreaking news of uh, changes uh, in baseball, and I want to get to that and talk about that a bit with you. And and I want to start here. The problem I always had with, and I thought years ago, Stevie, the, the shift, it would make sense. Aesthetically, I hate the way it looks, right? And that sounds like what a, what a childish thing to say. But it, as a fan, I have an eight-year-old son, right? You've got kids. I don't want to explain, like, here's where it, it, it makes the sport too complicated and adds to, like, the MIT instead of MLB. But I've always had a problem with nobody told Buddy Ryan he can't run the 46 defense. We didn't tell Jim Beheim he can't have the zone, right? Bob Huggins, you can't do the press. We have to go beat it. A, do you think baseball will be better off shifting to this area where we take it away? And B, even if that's the case, do you have the problem I have that basically we're admitting the hitters couldn't figure it out? Yeah. So, uh, yes, I have the same sort of thought you do. I'm there's I've always had this part of me that thinks, you know, you can't tell me go out and win a game and then say, okay, but you have to tie this hand behind your back because you can't do it this way. Or, you know, you can't play man to man coverage or you. You know, you can't play the zone or you need, you know, and yet other sports have changed rules. You know, the NBA has changed about, you know, the zone versus the big man and the three second defensive three seconds. And and so, you know, I'm I've always been sort of opposed to it, but I also am frustrated by the lack of offense and the lack of singles in the game. And so I've kind of come around on it now. I personally would take it even further than what they're suggesting with the rule, which is just two infielders or in each side of second base, all four of them with their feet in the infield dirt, I would actually have put hash marks where they need to stand because I don't want them standing behind second base just on the left field side or on the right field side. I want a ground ball that goes up the middle past the pitcher to be a single. That's because it used to be a single. And so I would actually put hash marks where you can't, you know, you, you have to stay away from the middle of the field and go all in. That being said, um, I don't know that it's going to change hitters' approaches. I just think that some some of the mistakes that they hit that are ground balls are just going to be hits now. You know, I, I don't think that guys are going to say, well, let me go for a single now. They're still going to try to hit home runs. It's just when they hit a ground ball, they've got a chance to get a single, uh, which is good enough. It's better than what we have. And with some of the other changes that we have potentially coming in the game, I'm really excited about all of them, honestly. I think it's, I think it's going to change – Everything the commissioner wants, he's going to look like a hero coming out of this. I really believe it. I think he's going to look great because you're going to get more singles, more offense, more base stealing, faster pace of play, more action, uh, and 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 it's going to take less time to play. And so I think that it's going to turn out to be a, a win for the commissioner. Here's where I think they've succeeded most, and go back to something you said. The NBA, and it's the same example, Stevie, that I use. The three-point line, we'll move it in, we'll move it back. They have always been honest and never afraid to say, I'm going to adjust to the game because we're an entertainment product, right? right? Baseball had two years of the ball. We don't know what happened to the ball. We'll investigate, like all of that nonsense. It's like that would never happen in, in, in the NBA, right? Like just admit it, say this is what we tried to do. I love the concept that baseball is saying, we feel like we need to fix this and we're going to do it. Like they're not hiding how they're doing it. Right. I want to ask you about hitting. 
the uppercut swings, especially from lefties. Do you think that part at least has a chance of being cut down where you might get some of those guys to relax a bit, feeling like, hey, look, if I go ahead and let it eat, I got to get it up in the air because I can't have it even be a line drive where now they might have more success. Do you think that'll help on the left side of the plate? Right. So I think that, that with maybe a two strike approach, you might see a guy cut down a swing a little bit to try to put it in play thinking at least I've got a better chance now than I used to because, but I still think the overall mentality still exists among offenses and hitters uh, is that the best way to score a single run in an inning is to have three batters come to the plate trying to hit a solo home run as opposed to three guys trying to hit singles to score a run. Uh, and so I think you're still going to have the mentality of hitting it over the infield, hitting it to the wall, through the wall, or over the wall. And I think that some of the miss hits that will be ground balls will be hits. But I do think that probably with two strikes, you'll see more guys maybe trying to cut down and make some contact with the idea that I might have a better chance of doing that with my swing and miss, I think. But I will say also this year, I thought that I've seen more hitters this year start to make the adjustment to the shift. We saw Max Muncy get a, a bunt down the other day. We've seen guys just try to go the other way. In fact, Ben Sheets for the White Sox in a game on Thursday night that they're winning 14-0 and a position player came in to pitch. He took a fastball away and just, you know, Chris Everett two-hand backhanded into left field, taking a single and he kind of chuckled about it and felt shame. Like, geez, I know I should try to hit home run against. But, but I've seen guys start to make an adjustment, but it's not happening quickly enough. And so I think that these are the right moves the commissioner needs to make. I miss the hit and run. It's one of my favorite parts of the game, Steve. Do you think we get that back maybe a little bit? It might take time. Maybe it takes half a season to see and prove, right, that there's bearing of fruit of putting it in play, having more success. But do you think we get that back in the game? Because I think the game talks about steals all the time, and I love stolen bases, but we don't talk enough about it. I miss the hit and run. I, I miss watching that. Yeah, so so what's interesting is that uh, I'm not sure we're going to necessarily get more hit and runs because I think base stealers are going to be much more successful on a straight steal, and therefore – I'd rather take my shot to have the hitter take the pitch, let him get in runner, a scoring position, and then try to drive him in. Because with the additional three inches on the bases, first base is now going to be four and a half inches closer to second base. The pitcher can only throw over twice. And therefore, after that, I know I can get a, a huge lead. And so I, and, you know, in the stolen bases in the minor leagues, there's 2.85 stolen bases per game in the minor leagues right now. There's not a team in baseball that averages one stolen base per game right now. And so we are going to see, and think about every stolen base that you watch in a game when a guy gets thrown out. He's out by a matter of inches. Four and a half inches is a mile. Oh, it's a huge. It's, it's huge. People don't realize that because they don't think about how much those, which obviously you and I know, how much pitchers are timed to the plate and how much the precise nature of all of that is, it's going right. to make a big difference. Um, it, it might also create a lot more replays because of the attempted steals, which will be yeah, a whole maybe. other thing yeah. you have to deal yeah. with. Right. Right. Uh, with close plays, which, you know, I, I guess you, you take, you know, it's not all going to be positive. I, I want to go deeper into the hitting just one more before I, I shift elsewhere shift pun intended. As somebody who dealt for so many years with development of young kids, right. And understands how that goes. Where did we, now that we were going to look in the rear view, right? We, we always talked about for years, the hitters got to figure it out and they got to learn. Now, now they're not going to have to figure it out, right? So let's look in rear view. 
where has it been screwed up where it seems like from the outside, the idea of the work that would need to take place has either not been done early enough. So guys are screwed up the wrong way and they can't fix it. Or it's almost a lazy mentality of like, to your point, I'll go up trying to hit a home run. At what point in the process did we not allow the hitters or give them what they needed to fix this? Because yeah. I am, I'm upset that they couldn't figure this out. Are you like, in yeah. some ways I'm like, well, really, we, we're not good enough to do this. Come on. I think, no, here's the thing. I think that, that if the numbers indicated that this is, this was the better way to go, I think they would have invested the time and energy to do it. I just think the analytics said, sure, they're shifting. We're still better served instead of trying to hit it the other way, trying to hit it over the shift because it's still our best way to score a run in an inning. And so I, I think that if, look, the way the game is now, and it's so analytically driven, if, if there was bang for the buck and the time and energy to get everybody to start to inside out the baseball, drive it the other way, I think teams would have done it. Um, now, I think that there are some selective players that maybe that could still be part of it, but so many small guys still try to drive the ball to the gap. And that's what they're being taught because that's what the numbers seem to indicate is appropriate. And that's why even though we're going to take away the shift, I don't know that it's necessarily going to lead to hitters changing their approach. I just think the approach that they're still implementing will allow more balls to go through the infield and be base hits. But I, I think everything is so analytically driven right now. It's all about where can I find the value? Where's the best way for me to do this? What's the most efficient and effective way for me to score runs? And it's, it's not about, you know, we don't want to do it. It's like it's not worth us doing it because it's not going to make us better than what we are right now. I want to stay rules and Steve Phillips joining me here on unfiltered. I want to stay rules for a second and then, and then shift gears, but this not mentioned in terms of the changes, but when I look at the problems we're having now, I remember when the cousins Posey play happened. And I remember being on a spring training tour at MLB network radio, where we were together and you still are now. And I remember every catcher, this was a three weeks into the season, maybe less than that. If you remember how quickly that happened, they didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't want it. The catchers like the collisions. It's part of like when they grow up, they enjoyed all they didn't. Right. How are we still years later now having so many issues with not knowing where to block the plate, how that's supposed to be handled and, and how do we fix this? Cause that's a major right. problem right now. Is it not? Right. right. It is. And uh, I think it's because it's not practiced other than maybe a little bit in spring training. Um, it's, it's, you know, every time it happens, I'm, I look at the play and I think, well, of course, this is how they ruled on it because the rule says this. And therefore, if you're standing between the base runner and home plate waiting for the ball and then you catch the ball, but you were there before you had the ball, then you're violating the rule. Uh, and so it seems really clear to me. And I think it has to be reinforced over and over and over again that every single time the catcher needs to set up in fair territory, in front of the plate, wait for the ball, and then only move in front of the plate to block it once you're catching the baseball. It's not that difficult to rule, but I think that, you know, what happens is a catcher will say, yeah, but the throw's coming from third base. Right. That's and right. so for me to be like, and here's the thing, and I don't love it that, um, that you know, we are expecting a catcher to be a wide receiver with his feet on the the, the, that's right. that's exactly the sideline right. that's trying exactly to make right. a, a catch. That's exactly because right. Because we're setting him up to get hurt that way. That's exactly so, right. So I am thinking that 
that if the catcher is in front of the plate, there's got to be a way to, to allow for some understanding that if the catcher is right in line from where the throw is coming, he has to be have exactly the same right as the runner does to be able to have a line to catch the ball. The, the base runner has every right to have a pathway to the plate, just as I think the catcher has every right to a pathway to be in a straight line to catch it instead of being a wide receiver on the sideline. So I, my view is there's a way to tweak it and still protect the, the players. Now I will tell you that, you know, I know this, and this was before the Posey rule, but when Mike Piazza was my catcher and a ball was hit to the outfield and the runner was rounding third, heading home, and Piazza's in front of the home plate getting ready to block it, I keep, I said to myself every time, oh, get out prayer. of the way. Get sure. out of the right. way. Right, exactly. Don't block it's the not plate. worth it. The run is not worth it, right? Give him yeah. the run. And That's yet, right. and yet, um, Yet catchers, to they your want point, it, right? They Steve? want it. It's they like, want it. Like, it's like Brian it's part Urlacher. of the job. It's it's you know when in the NFL, you know, Erlacher, you know, was the one guy who was honest. Where you know you have all these concussions. One players don't want to talk about the concussion because they want to stay in the game. That's right. They lie about it. They and like two, it. And at the end of their careers, there we can say, well, boy, they put themselves, but but they wanted it every that's what single they, day. That's why they wanted to do the job when they were eight years old. And they catchers loved it. Love right. that. Right. No catcher didn't want that. The catchers didn't ask for it. To your right. point, the owners and the GMs who it's an investment, right? right? That's a totally different story. Let me, let me go to that. Um, you know, look, I, I, I said this the other day, it, it doesn't matter what cash does. Brian Cashman, he's like Phil Jackson to people. It's like, you know, Phil didn't know how to coach because Michael Jordan's right. on the team or be right. right. You live that life more than anyone. You know that, right? What that's like. I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, you know, he went and got Ben Attendee early, right? Which people thought was great at the time, right? They lost out on Castillo, but clearly the Mariners gave a lot. He, they didn't lose out. They went and got Montas, who was the second guy. Got a reliever that was controlled. Nobody thought they could from Chicago. They, they made moves. He had injuries that aren't Brian's fault, like Michael King, Right. This you think about the Chapman and, and what's happened to him. Donaldson, we know, has not been good. Stanton, all these things. Everybody wants to put on Booney or Brian Cashman. And I'm thinking to myself, which I'm sure a GM has thought many times, what is it going to be the players? Like in what other world is it not the employees ever? What's your spin from where you sit on this? And how familiar does it feel yeah. looking at the way the Yankees are being discussed right now outside of Aaron right. Judge? Oh, yeah. It's dire in New York right now. I mean, dire. Uh, and <laughs> And it's like. And, and everybody, you know, it's so funny because everybody thinks, well, if it doesn't work, you just need to change the people that are making the decisions. Right. But if we all like the decisions when they made them, Perception then, and, and oh, by the way, he's, he's the same guy who made the decisions that led them to the best record in baseball for the first half of the season. That's right. Uh, and so, and so then we look at, okay, well, what went wrong in the second half? Why are they, you know, 24 and, and 42 or whatever they are? And, and it comes down to, Right now, they're play they had five players on the field the other day that had number 90 90s on the back of their uniform. They had 90s on the back like of the uniform. Training. Like yes, training. right. And so they got all the minor yeah. leaguers playing at the major league level. Matt Carpenter's got a broken foot. Ben Attendee's got a broken wrist. Uh, you've got LeMahieu with a bad toe. You got Stanton who fouled balls off his foot. You got Rizzo with back and headache issues. I, I mean, tell me what team is going to keep winning when you take five or six key pieces out of their offense. And oh, by the way, you've got Severino on the injured list. You've got no Chapman who in 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 you know getting tattoos and infections. You've lost King, you know, and and you know you've you've had all of these different issues. 
I mean, the fact that they are where they are, he should be at, get accolades for it. Yeah. And so I don't, you know, I'm not, and look, I think that the, the Steinbrenners, Hank and Hal Steinbrenner have a different perspective. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner, a much different perspective on the team uh, and than their dad did. And so I yeah. think that, that, <laughs> yeah. that you know, they yeah. understand the bigger picture more uh, than George sure, did. Sure, and so course. I can't imagine, but you know, it's New York and, and I don't know, they, you know, there's a certain level of arrogance around the Yankees that, that think, well, if we're not winning a world series, it's a failure. There are other good teams in the league. There, there actually are other good yeah. teams. And so, uh, but yeah, so they're, they're limping into it, but I think they're going to hold on to win the division. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you. I know you spend a lot of time, obviously, watching and dealing with the Jays. I, I was saying this yesterday. I believe in each league, there's one team. I, I, it's it's the AEIOU sometimes why this year for me, more than more than other years. I know baseball, you can never predict the 2010 Phillies and a million other things, right? The Nationals with Strasburg, everything else. But I look at it, I say in whatever order, Dodgers, Mets, Braves, Astros, sometimes Yankees. That's kind of the list. There's one team in each league I look at, and I want to get your take on this, that I think could in the right frame of mind with the right things going right for three, four weeks, be dangerous in each league and in the October portion. And that's the Jays and the Cardinals. Um, the Jays, to me, you go look at this past weekend, the sandwich game when they didn't have Gosman or Manoa, they lost. But in a postseason, you could shorten those things down. And the Guardians hitters and some of these young hitters with the Rays are not going to hit that kind of pitching if those guys pitch the way they're capable. How dangerous can Toronto be in October, at least to get to an LCS? I don't know if, about you. It's hard to believe anybody beats Houston in seven. It, you got to get knock them off in five, I feel like. But how about yeah. the Jays in October? Yeah, so I think the Jays are can be a scary team. I mean, Alec Manoa is the real deal. Like, yes. he is the real deal. Competitive, great stuff. Great approach, commands his pitches. Gosman's really good. Barrios is going to be the key, right? Can he stay locked in and, and, and not throw it over the plate as much? You know, he tries to get everybody out by throwing it over the plate instead of throwing it over the plate early and then breaking it off the plate late. Uh, but Stripling's been great for them too. Really yes. good. Their bullpen has yes. really stabilized in the second half of the season. And they need Bichette to stay hot. They've missed that one big bat to really stay hot this year. Teoscar Hernandez could be that guy, whomever that is. They play good defense, uh, you know, other than Bichette's not great at shortstop, but Chapman helps a lot at third. So I think they could. The other team for me in the American League, I think Seattle's a scary team. Yeah, I, yeah you buy them, though? I mean, when you I, get I to buy, the postseason? I buy Castillo uh, and Gilbert. And, I mean, their rotation has, you know, is pretty it's good. Gunners, I mean, Kirby, yes. Robbie Ray, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they're, you know, three or four deep in the rotation. Their bullpen's the best the best in can the American hit, League. Can they hit good pitching in October? Julio Rodriguez can. Ty France can. Uh, you know, and, and look, all you need is Eugenio Suarez to run into one high fastball. Right, well, yeah, that's you right. You know, which <laughs> is what he can swing do. At him. He can swing can at hit. Him. So, yeah. you know, I I mean, they're, they're a team for me that, that – I don't really believe in them, but they believe in them. Yes. That that, yeah. House money, right? So, I mean, yeah. look, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no 100%. pressure on them once they get in. Right. But I think uh, Blue Jays can be scary, too. I do. I agree with that. On the National League side, you, look, I mean, we, we've all lived this. I mean, I said this yesterday to somebody. And it's like I don't mean to be rude to the city of St. Louis. There are many times in my 20 years doing this where I'd be in a postseason saying, am I really flying to St. Louis again? Like, is this like, how is this happening? Right. right. Like. So, David Eckstein was an MVP of a World Series. They had right. the Scott Spezios, Jeff Supon. It doesn't matter who's on there. They just seem – does this feel like that? I'm watching that game two days ago with Edmund and that walk. I know it's the Nationals. 
but they're doing those cardinal things that like you don't pay attention to because they're not flashy. And then all of a sudden there they are. What's your feel on St. Louis? So, uh, you know, Brendan Donovan gets a big base hit, you know, and, and uh, you know, they've got different guys that'll step up and, and get it done. Uh, and so they're, they're, they're an interesting team because they do have star power. I mean, when you start looking at Goldschmidt and, and, and uh, Arenado. Arenado and then yep. Pujols against left-handed pitching, those are three horses in the middle of the lineup. Sure. My big thing for them is I'm not buying the starting pitching. Now, I know Jack Flaherty came back and he threw okay his first time out. Uh, and you know, I like Wayne Wright and his experience, but Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery don't get swings and misses. Uh, and they're now they're a great defensive team, but in the playoffs, you need to get a strikeout where there are runners in scoring position a lot of times because the hitters creep up on the plate, the strike zones shrink, and, and you better be able to have stuff to throw it over the plate at times to get guys out. And I just don't know that they have that. So could they do it? Yeah, they could. Uh, there is something magical about them. Uh, you know, I think that that for me, you know, San Diego. In the best world, if you get the best Blake Snell and the best Mike Clevenger and the best you Darvish, you you'd have a shot. You trust you Darvish though in the postseason, Steve. That's you the know, problem. Every time we've asked him to do anything, other yeah. than one game with the Dodgers and the LCS, he just he fails. All right. So do you trust Kershaw in the playoffs? When I, I look I, at I get, the Dodgers. I look at the Dodgers. I'm like, wait, smoke and mirrors, man. No, Tyler I, yeah, Anderson. Well, I know. I, well, I can't believe that Tyler a, Anderson. He's pitched great. I get, gotta give him credit, though. Right? Gotta so give him credit, though. Uri is right. But what I'm saying is that, that um, am I buying him in the playoffs? I mean, he's been great. Am I am I buying, you know, Gonsolin coming off of the injured list? Well, that's the you question. Know, is yeah, right. Urias, like, you know, is, is been Trevor great. May? Urias is great right he's now. He's always been that weapon out of the bullpen for them, yes, though, in the which playoffs. which they don't have now. Right. And what so, is Dustin May going to be? Where does he fit in? I this? don't love their bullpen. No. I mean, I mean, yet their numbers, they've got the best pitching in baseball. So I, I don't – I look at them, and I'm no, dumbfounded I, yeah. by it. I can't uh, trust their guys. The names at the back end I can't trust. The same way the guy who we both love personally, who used to pitch at the back end for them, I don't trust with Atlanta. It's right. why if the Mets could somehow get to Diaz – and they got the front two horses. To me, they're the favorites in the National League just with that. Be. Yeah. And Bassett, by the way. Oh, he's been so good. He's earning, some, he's earning some awesome. money, Steve. There's a number some, three guy. Is he earning I, some money? I, oh, you want to talk yeah. about? I love him. I mean, I had no idea it was as big a personality as he is, too. Like, I love, he, and a leader. And a leader, yeah, right? Yeah, like, I right. love what he said he the is. other day. New York went crazy. We lost three yeah. games. Who cares? Right. Right. You know, I, lo- I love that. I Let me, right. last one, I'll let you run. I, I make you the you're the Angels GM tomorrow. Artie's gone. Whoever the new owner is says you you do whatever you think is right. Future of the team uh, in terms of trade or keep or handle Trout and Otani. What are you doing? Well, I've got Trout with a no trade clause, so that complicates it, um, and it also will limit you know because of the contract and everything else where I can go with them. Uh, and so I would start with Otani. And, and I would trade him. I mean, you're not going to win with him. So you might as well get something for him and, you know, do it now. And somebody give a full year of him. Uh, and so I trade him in the off season. Uh, and, you know, and I never, ever draft all pitchers again in a draft, which is what they did. I, it's that like, I, here's the thing. Look at the teams that win. Yeah. How many of them have pitchers that they've developed from within their organization? Now, 
the Braves do a pretty good job of that. Yeah, the Rays but, sometimes. But right? the reason the reason the Braves, you know, everybody said, oh, the Braves made all these great trades. They got all these pitching prospects back in return of the deals they made. You know why they win? Because of Ozzie Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. and Austin Riley. They win because of their position players. You can find pitching. And, and the thing is, the Angels haven't been able to find it because they're not I – mean, Trevor well, they Cahill, also picked the wrong guys. So yeah, Trevor thank you. Cahill, Matt, Harvey, Matt Harvey, Julio Tehran, Steve. And you're come gonna pay on. them ten million dollars oh, to be a third tier pitcher. It's a, I mean, on, man. you know, and then they shop at know, Old Navy instead of going to Barney's and, and it's the like, Monday, that's their and then they spent money on Anthony Rendon, thirty five million pitch? a year who can't, who can't pitch? pitch and they didn't because they didn't get Cole the extra year, right? And didn't want to give him the ninth year, and right. instead we're like we got to give the money somewhere, right? Like which is like just you know you can't do that. It's, right. it's, it's, so, it's terrible. I, I don't, yeah. it, it's such a shame too with Otani, man. It's like, I, you know, wherever he goes, he got to be in, I, I don't want to see him on the Yankees just cause you know, I just don't want to deal with it right. hearing about it, but he, he should be a Yankee. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, here's the, I mean, thing. I hate saying that, but he, but it's like, you know, for the world to be right and for yeah. baseball to, because of in, if you get a generation, Steve, in our lifetimes, what he should be in terms of the map of crossover media and everything, right? He, he got to he got to become yeah. a free agent and sign with the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I hate saying right. it, but you and, know. and you know, he's going to get a ton of money. A ton. What that contract looks like is hard oh, to God understand. Only knows. Uh, and <laughs> uh, and yet, you know, he's a tough guy to manage because you need a six man rotation. Yep. Uh, and you know, how do you make that work? How do you get guys to accept it? How do you get aces like Garrett Cole to say, yeah, that's right. I'm good Change there for That's right. So it's, it's, he's a tough guy to manage. I love him. And he's, he's like one of the easiest guys to manage, but he may be the toughest guy to manage. Yeah. Gotta be a Yankee for the game. Probably. I mean, I yeah. hate that. I hate that, but it just makes sense. Appreciate you, Stevie. Thank you, buddy. You got it. Anytime. All right. I'll talk to you soon. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Phillips, and we appreciate him joining me here on Unfiltered. You can join the Unfiltered Revolution and hop on Twitter at Casey Stern. Keep it going with us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.